don't you stand with me this morning? Let's pray together. Why don't you get on your feet? Why don't you just take the hand of the person next to you while we do this? Let's pray. Let's pray all over this place. Let's lift our voice in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every person that's in this room this morning. Lord, you know every need, every circumstance, every situation that's represented here in this room, those that are watching online. Father, I pray that your presence would become so tangible, so so real to each person. Lord, each person, right in where they find themselves this morning. Lord, they'll know that a miracle, that a breakthrough, that victory is possible, that all things are possible to him, to her that believes, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for supernatural faith being stirred in this room and online, those watching online right now. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that we'd expect. I thank you, Lord, there's an expectation. There's a reality of unseen things all around us. There's an expectation of unseen things, of unseen realities all around us. Whether we'll get our eyes fixated on you, the author, the finisher, the commander of our faith, leading us, leading us in a procession of victory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Why don't you tell somebody next to you that God has a miracle for you today? Not just wishful thinking, not just a good idea, but He's got a miracle for you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord Jesus. (laughs) Woo, glory. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 (laughs) Woo, Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Yes, Lord. (laughs) 
Luke chapter 5, if you have your Bibles. Glory. Now it happened. Verse 17 of Luke chapter 5, it says, Now it happened. Everybody say, Now it happened. <laughs> now it's happening. <laughs> now it's happening. This is the Abrabase Kayam. Yeah, now. 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 Breakthrough, healing, deliverance, freedom. Now it happened. <laughs> now it's happening. Now it happened that on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by. <laughs> well, that's a great way to start off the story. They, Jesus was teaching, and there were Pharisees and teachers of the law, doctors of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and underlined this, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought out on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him, and they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd. They went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, <clears throat> he said to them, <laughs> y'all are preaching, you're going you're gonna to be preaching before I ever start preaching. Man, <laughs> man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and he said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say to this man, Your sins be forgiven you, or rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins... He looked and said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise up, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. <laughs> and they were, they were all amazed. <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus had been healing and setting people free. Word had gotten out about his ministry and what was taking place. People were coming to get healed. There were multitudes. Matter of fact, if you go to verse 15, we read, we started in verse 17, but he's. In verse 15, it says, The report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Word was getting out about Jesus and his ministry. And Jesus had gathered in the house that morning, and he began teaching. And, and the Bible gives us a description of who was in the house. We know that the, the, the multitudes had come with their infirmities, but the description 
For this day, on a certain day, it says that Pharisees, teachers, the doctors of the law had come. They had gathered out of every town to come and hear what Jesus had to say. They were reasoning, Jesus said, in their hearts. They, were, they had come to question what was taking place. They wanted to figure it out for themselves. Was Jesus really blasphemous? Was he the one that uh, had been prophesied about, or was he just another false prophet? They were coming to inspect what was being taught and to analyze it and to criticize it. Maybe this morning you're here because you're desperate and in need of a miracle in your life. You're desperate for Jesus in your life. Or maybe perhaps you're here this morning because you want to inspect what's being taught. Or maybe you want to criticize what the preacher's wearing or what he's saying or what's happening in the building. You don't like the color pink. I don't know. But for whatever reason that you're here this morning... They had gathered together. Jesus was in the room. And the Bible gives us this incredible description. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Did the Pharisees know that the power of the Lord was present? Or were they too fixated on what was happening and analyzing and criticizing and sitting in judgment. Could they really see? Could they really feel that the atmosphere of the room was different that day? Last week we had someone here and they, I don't, I don't know how the story got around, but it got back to me this, this week. And uh, they, it was the first time they were with us and they said, the first time they'd ever been in a Pentecostal church, and first time they'd ever been in our church, and they said something, their description was something was different in that church. I've never felt in church what I felt in that building. Well, I know what it is. I know what it is. The presence of the Lord is not just something we talk about here. The presence of the Lord is something we practice. The presence of the Lord, the presence of His power, of His joy, of His peace, is not just an idea. It's just not a concept. It's not just something that used to happen in the New Testament. His presence is real and available to you and I today. No matter what you're facing or going through, the power of the Lord can heal your body. He can heal your mind. He can set you free. Today, if you'll lay aside the criticisms and the judgments, it may not look like what you expected. Church may not be the same as you anticipated this morning. But it's okay. The power of the Lord is present to heal. There were two different, very different groups in that building that morning. There were those who knew they were sick and diseased and infirmed and discouraged and fear. There were those who were aware of their need. And there were those who had no clue that they were in desperate situations. This morning, there might be those in the room, you're aware of your infirmity, you're aware, you're aware of your shortcoming, you're aware of your need for a Savior today, you're aware of your need for a healer today, you're aware of your need to be revived and resuscitated today. And there might be those this morning who are absolutely unaware 
of your need. I'm okay, Pastor. I've got it all together, Pastor. I'm doing well. It's all good. It's okay. I'm okay. Life's great. And you gloss on the mask for everyone to see. It's okay. But really, deep down in your heart of hearts, you know, you know, you know that there's a need in your heart, there's a need in your life that only Jesus can meet. The power of the Lord is present to heal today. He's able to resurrect. He's able to redeem. He's able to take that lame, desperate need of your life and bring resurrection power to it today. Then there was this man who was on a bed. He was paralyzed. We don't know what paralyzed him or why he was in the condition that he was. His friends heard about Jesus the healer. They heard that Jesus was in town. How do we get our paralyzed friend to Jesus? How do we get him in the building? How do we get him to the Savior's feet? I'll never forget, just not that long ago, we, had, we got a phone call here in the office. And, and this man who attended another church said, I have a friend who's demon-possessed, but my church doesn't believe in deliverance, and, and, and I'm attending a church, and they don't believe that that Jesus can set the demon-possessed free, but I heard that your church does. And my friend needs to get delivered. Can I bring him to your church? And I, I, you know, I didn't take the phone call, but I heard about it. And so that man who was desperate, he was in a desperate place to see his friend get delivered. His friend had been in bondage for years. He had come from a culture and a, and a family heritage of, of demonic activity and witchcraft. And, and his friend was in absolute torment and bondage. And he had no other way to get his friend set free. All he knew he needed to do was just get him into a church where the presence of the Lord was. It wasn't even his own church, but he had heard about Celebration Church. So he's told, just bring your friend, just bring him into the building. And when the altar calls given, just bring him to the altar. We'll pray for him. I don't know, I don't know all the story. I don't know what happened, but I remember seeing the friend at the at the altar. I remember seeing him get set free. I remember watching this man who was tormented by demons get absolutely delivered in the presence of the Lord. Amen. There was a desperate, he was, his friend was desperate to see him get delivered. You know, we don't make a big deal about devils and all the things, but wherever they are, light will drive them out. The name of Jesus is greater. I was, I was I'll just sidetrack for a moment, I was talking to a pastor this past week, and, and during during general council, during the general council services, which for those who don't know, that's the every two years all the AG pastors get together, big event, big meeting, business, all the things. And behind him, this is another pastor friend of mine. This is a pastor. 
He was sitting, and behind him, a girl started manifesting devils and was, was crying out. And, and all, the, you know, all the weirdness starts happening, you know? They didn't know how to deal with it. He said, I, I've never seen a devil. I've never seen you. He's like, have you ever dealt with demons? All the time. <laughs> all the time. It broke my heart. Here's an assembly of God pastors never cast out a devil before. I'm like, come to my church. I'll let you cast a few out. There's probably some sitting here this morning. (laughs) They were desperate to see their friend who was paralyzed get healed. They tried to get him in through the front door, and the front door just, you couldn't get in. The house was filled with people. Reminds me of the Welsh revival that there... During the Welsh revival, they said that the churches were so full, so packed full of people that there were times and services that they would literally, if, if you needed to get into the building to get healed, they would pick you up and just throw you on top of the crowd. It was, it was the Welsh revival version of crowd surfing. It was just, just throw them up and send them on down to the altar. They couldn't get their friend in. Maybe somebody this morning, you're here and you're like that paralyzed man and nobody understands. You feel like nobody understands. Nobody cares. Nobody nobody gets you. Nobody understands your situation. I would venture to say that you have four friends in this room today that will help you get to Jesus. You may feel like nobody can carry you, nobody can get you there, nobody cares, nobody understands your situation, where you're coming from. But I can promise you there are people in this room who will say, we may not be able to give you what you need. We may be broken ourselves, but we're going to get you to Jesus. We're going to get you to Jesus. In just a few moments... We're going to take time to pray and minister to folks. The Lord's going to meet you in a special way. I know He will. He always does. I love, love, love the stories of what God does at our altar and our services every week. I love hearing the stories of how people are getting set free and healed and layer by layer. Years. I'm talking years. If If you could just hear the stories, hear the testimonies. Years. Years of, of abuse and neglect and addiction and brokenness and issues that layer by layer, little by little, that the Lord is doing in services. This is like His operating room. He just brings, brings His people together. He brings His Holy Ghost attendants together. And all of a sudden, He begins to do a work in people's lives that's so supernatural. And that's kind of what happened to this paralyzed man his friends became Holy Ghost support attendants. They became surgical room attendings and began to assist as Jesus, the, the master physician, went to work on this man's body. The power of the Lord was present to heal. And the Bible says that they couldn't get in, so they went up on the roof. You know the story. They went up on the roof and you know they, be, they began to 
take off the tiles and let the man down through the roof. The Bible says that when Jesus saw their faith, which is a powerful statement, not, not because of, of this man's faith, but because of their faith. There was a collective faith. There was a communal faith. There was an expectation, not just because of the one man who was on a paralyzed mat, but because of their collective faith. Jesus was moved. He saw their faith. Right now in this room, this isn't just an individual faith. When we come together, we have collective faith. Faith is it's the evidence of things not seen. It's that tangible reality. We've spent a few weeks on the fullness of faith. Faith is that ability to see. It's not just a belief, but it's a conviction of what is unseen. It's the tangible, like this pulpit is tangible. It's the tangible reality of the unseen world. They saw something by faith. They, they, they saw the intangible. Though it was intangible, they saw the tangible reality of it that day. That our friend, he's going to get made whole. And in this room right now, there's their faith happening. There's a collective faith, a corporate faith in this room right now. There's, you've come in today with individual faith, but when you and you and you and you and you and you and all of us come together with individual faith, there's a, there's a collective faith that can happen. Now, I, I want to just walk you through briefly. Their collective faith was not divided faith. It wasn't, oh, I'm having faith for this and I have faith for that or we want to do this or do that. It was in one moment they had collective faith that their friend was going to get off of that mat. There was not division. There was not strife. There was not conflict. They all saw the intangible become tangible that day. It reminds me, in Acts chapter 2, they were all together in one accord, in unity. There was a collective faith. They didn't know what they were about ready to receive. They knew that it was the promise of the Father. But there was a collective faith present in the room that day. We see it again in, in Acts chapter 4. There was a collective faith present in the room that day when the house was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to prophesy and speak the word of God with boldness. God moved in a supernatural way. There was a collective faith. What would it look like if we functioned and operated and worked together in collective faith where it, Jesus saw not just individual faith, but he saw their faith. But the other thing that's interesting to me about this is you can't see faith. I don't, you, faith is a, it's an intangible. You can't see faith. I can't see the, the reality of what Conviction you have. I can't see conviction. Conviction is an intangible. It's invisible. It can't be seen. But what I can see and what I can observe is the result of that conviction and that reality of your heart. I know what you have faith for based on how you live. 
I know what you have faith for based on how you behave. Faith affects how you live, how you behave, what you say, what you do. And these men had faith. Jesus said he saw their faith. He didn't see a conviction. He saw their behavior that resulted because of that conviction. Do you have such faith in your life operating today that Jesus can see your faith? Can you see your faith? Maybe more so than Jesus and what Jesus sees. How about we ask, what do you see in your life? Are you seeing your actions, your behaviors, your life? Are you seeing faith and operation in your life? Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. Do you you live a life of faith? Is there a confident expectation of what God's promised for your life? And is is it affecting how you live? These men were determined to get their friend to Jesus because they had faith. They knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that their friend would be healed. And they were willing to tear the roof off to make it happen. What do you have faith for? What do you have faith for? If all you have faith for is getting out of the bed in the morning and breathing, guess what? That's all you're going to accomplish. But if you dive in and press into the word of God and you press into his presence and he begins to speak to you and reveal to you greater things that he has for your life. I wish somebody would help me this way. You were shouting me down earlier, but. But if if you had faith. For what God wants to do, if you could only see through the eyes of faith what God wants to do in your life, you wouldn't just come to church and that be the end of your Christianity. You wouldn't just slap the box. I'm in church today. I I responded on planning center and, and I'm volunteering. I showed up to the serve team rally today. That's good enough. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Have faith. But if you could really see That that lame son or daughter that you've been believing God for, if you could really see that lame situation in your family as being resurrected, if you could really see that God wants to transform and change the Great Lakes, if you could really see that God wants to move in Akron, Ohio, if you could really see, I wish, I don't know, maybe nobody sees here this morning, but I wish... You can see through the eyes of faith what's possible, what God longs to do in and through your life. If you could see, it's not just about getting up and making your breakfast, popping your Pop-Tart. There's more to life. There's more to your life. There's more purpose to your life than just getting up and breathing today. There's a world that's lost and dying, that's hurting and broken. There are people that are lame and sick. They're absolutely emaciated by the effects of sin in their life. And they need a you to show up in their life and say, I don't know about all of that, but I can get you to the one who can heal you and save you and set you free. I don't know about all your mess, but I know one who is the resurrection and the life. I don't know about all your brokenness but I know about one who can heal you and set you free 
He wants to use you to be that lame man carrier. Bring him to the feet of Jesus. You're not responsible for what happens next. You're just responsible to give them to Jesus. You're not responsible for the breakthrough. You're not responsible for the miracle. You're not responsible for what Jesus decides to do next. You just got to get him to Jesus. We spend so much time thinking about, well, if I get him through the roof, then, then Jesus got to lay hands on him this way, and this is how they're going to be healed. I don't know about you, but I've been around Jesus long enough that he never does it how I think he should do it. <laughs> never. And when I think I've got him figured out, he does something entirely different. So it's not my responsibility to figure out whether he's going to shake the room, send angels, the glory cloud's going to fall, or if people are just going to get up and walk. It's not my responsibility to handle all that. It's my responsibility to just have faith and believe and to have a conviction that I know that he's the healer. I know that he's the savior. I know what he did in New Testament. He's still doing today. When Jesus saw their faith. What does he see today in you? What do you see coming out of your life? And what does Jesus see today? You know, the interesting thing about faith is I can't produce it. I can't make faith. I can't make faith. I can't. I can't put in a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of red beans and a little bit of andouille and I can't put a little bit of that and this in a big old gumbo pot and produce faith. It'll eat too. <laughs> I, can, I, can make, I can make a good gumbo, but it, I, can't make, I cannot make faith. I can't make faith happen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If you ain't in the word, that's, your, that's where faith. Faith is a revelation of who Jesus is. At its very essence, it is a revelation of who Jesus is. I can't make that happen. Jesus said... When he saw their faith, the word of God says when Jesus saw their faith, it was the result of who he was. Let me, let me just, if you were to go and look in a mirror, some of you may not like what you see when you look in the mirror. You might, you might go look in a mirror and say, well, I need another mirror. I need to go to one of the theme parks and get one of those really skinny mirrors. And lose a few pounds, and I'll look in that mirror, right? You might feel like you're looking in the mirror at the theme park that's... Well, I'll stop. <laughs> but when you look in the mirror, you see a what? What do you see when you look in the mirror? You see a what? A, a reflection, right? You see a reflection. When you have a revelation... 
of who Jesus is, when you have faith, you're reflecting Him. You're reflecting His goodness. You're reflecting His promise. When faith, the Bible says in James that faith without works is dead. It doesn't mean that by working you get faith. Faith results very naturally in works. There's an overflow. There's an abundance. There's an overflow when faith is in operation. I see people who work themselves to death in Christianity and have no faith. They're just spinning. They're little busy bees just spinning. Have no faith. No, no revelation of who Jesus is. But when you have a revelation of who Jesus is, when you see through the eyes of faith that all things are possible to him who has faith, and you begin to see that all things, whatever all things is, you begin to have faith in the reality of who Jesus says he is in that situation, works is the result. There's an outflow in your behavior and your language and how you live, what you do, what you say, where you, everything gets affected when you have faith. It is a reflection of Jesus. Your life begins to reflect and mirror what Jesus and who Jesus is. So when Jesus looked at these men caring, carrying their friend, lowering him down through the roof, and the Bible says that he, they, Jesus saw their faith, he was looking at a reflection of himself. He was looking at a reflection of who he is. Looking at a reflection, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to heal to set the oppressed free. He was seeing a reality, a reflection of who he was in that moment. So not only can I not produce faith, it has to be a revelation of who he is, but when I have that revelation, it changes my life, and Jesus begins to look at me, and he sees himself. He sees his glory at work in my life. He sees his goodness at work in my life. So I'm asking you today, when Jesus looks at your life, what does he see? Is he seeing your, your carnal effort, your works, your fleshly nature? Or does he see the work of himself in your life? The work of faith. He saw their faith. He saw their faith. Who he was became their faith and he, they began to live out. It was, their, it was the ministry of Jesus. It was the ministry of Jesus happening. And they began to tear back the roof and let down the man. And immediately, the religious people in the room had a problem. Jesus said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the religious people had an issue with Jesus saying that he forgave the man's sins. Jesus, you need to clean this up. This is getting really messy in here. Have you ever been in church? It was just messy. Church just, it looked messy. Things got a little out of, out of order in your mind, out of sorts. I can tell stories for days of people who have told me all the 
doctors of religion that are experts in their religious theories and ideas and all the things. I finally have, I've just resolved to say, I don't know about all that. <laughs> all I know is Jesus, him crucified, the power of the Holy Spirit, and these people are getting set free and delivered. It may not look like you want it to look. It may not be clean and pristine. And I may even offend you by what I say. But the ministry of Jesus is happening. I told somebody one time, I said, would you stop talking about how people fall in our church? I told another pastor this. I said, I am so done of hearing how our people fall on the ground and laugh. Thank God they fall on the ground and laugh. Because those drug addicts and, and broken, hurting, messed up, sick, diseased people who are falling on the floor that you want to talk about are getting up healed, transformed, delivered, set free. So you, you might not like it. It may not, it may not make sense to you. May not, may not make sense to you. It doesn't make any sense to me. I never asked how you've heard. I've never, I didn't ask to, there, I didn't say, Jesus, when I pray for people, will they fall over? Can you make that happen? Lord, can, when I walk up to the pulpit, can people just start laughing? I just, can you just, I, it makes me so happy. Makes me, makes my introvert control self so happy when I get up behind the pulpit and they start laughing. Why are they laughing at me? Why are they falling? It's the pink, I know. It's why are they falling? Why are they? I don't ask for that. I said, Lord, use me, and this is what I got. You may not like how the Lord decides to use you. You may not like when he says, you got to let that broken man, paralyzed man down through the roof. you gotta, you got to do something that's uncomfortable. You gotta do something that, that attracts a scene sometimes. You gotta do things that are uncomfortable. I'll never forget we were out in Jackson Square in New Orleans one time for Heather's birthday. We were doing ministry. And I had, I mean, oh my goodness. We were we were loving on the homeless, doing things out in the Jackson Square, and we're staying, we're walking through. And Jackson Square, if you're not familiar, is also known as Devil's Den. And there's a lot of fortune tellers and, and wizards and all the things. I've watched Wizards do things out there that I thought, they're the real deal. Like, you can't just, that's not just something that you make up. You know, there's, we're talking about real deal kind of stuff. There's the churches right there, St. Peter's Cathedral, all the things. It's a beautiful area, but it's also very well known in, in what's there, especially in the evening. But um, we, we decided to go out. She wanted to go out for her birthday and love on the homeless. So we're walking through Jackson Square. As we're walking through Jackson Square, I... The Lord just decided there was time I needed to laugh. I was just going to get drunk in the spirit and just laugh. I started laughing, laughing uncontrollably in the middle of Jackson Square. So much so that I found myself laid out on a park bench, right? Which you don't want to lay on those park benches in the middle of Jackson Square. But <laughs> found myself laid out laughing hysterically, uncontrollably, in the just undone in the presence of the Lord in that moment in the middle of Jackson Square. People thought I was drunk. I was drunk, but they thought I was not drinking of the Holy Ghost. They thought I was drinking of something else and started gathering around a crowd. And, 
Heather and the others that were there started ministering. Oh, this isn't, it looked like Acts chapter 2. This is, they, he's not drunk as you suppose. This is that, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, I mean, that's kind of what it was. Sometimes God does things that are just a little uncomfortable for you. Get you out of your comfort zone. Are you willing to, are you willing for God to use you in an uncomfortable way? So that others can be set free. So that others can be delivered. So that others can encounter Jesus. I don't hear nobody shouting me down now. I said, are you willing to be a little uncomfortable? To open your mouth with the person that you work with or neighbor that you live next to? You know, I love, Heather was talking about Jonathan. Jonathan tells people everywhere he goes about Jesus. I love it. Every, he doesn't care what people think. Do you know Jesus? I, I want my neighbors to know about Jesus. I want the people I play sports with to come to church with me. He doesn't second guess or ask, you know, what do, what do people think about me when I tell them about Jesus? He doesn't care. Jonathan doesn't really care much about what people think anyway, but... <laughs> But when are we, when are you and I going to be willing to lay aside our egos and our pride and our issues and, and operate in faith? Just operate in faith. It may look a little goofy. It may sound a little goofy. But somebody's going to get healed. Somebody's going to get delivered. Somebody's going to get set free. And you get to be a part of it. Anyway, I'll keep going. I know I've already made you mad and you get off. Pastor, keep moving. You told me I got to look foolish. You already do. You know, that's the funny thing about pride is that we don't want, the last thing we want is to look foolish. We want to, you know, protect our whatever image we have of ourselves. And quite honestly, nobody sees you how you see yourself anyway. Can I, I'm just going to pause here for a second. Nobody sees you how you think you see yourself anyway. We have these things called blind spots. I, I, won't, I won't go on a long tirade about this. But, but we have these things called blind spots. How we show up and how we actually are two totally different things. And somewhere in the middle is the reality. And we don't even know it. And we th- pride tells us that we're, oh, I'm okay. I'm good. That's I'm good. Anyway. Mhm. Thank you Jesus. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, "Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Maybe some of you are doing that right now." Which is easier for you to say, your sins are forgiven, rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He looked at the man and said, you rise up and walk. It was an, anybody can say your sins are forgiven. Doesn't mean they are. I mean, goodness, people go to Catholic priests every, every week and they say your sins are forgiven and they're not. Just because some man puts ashes on your forehead and absolves you of your sin does not mean that you're forgiven. It's true. 
Don't get mad. It's truth. You can come in here and you can do the Pentecostal version of that too and come down to the altar and have someone lay hands on you until you look like a greased pig ready for a boucherie. But it doesn't mean anything unless you live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for you. Boucher is a pig roast. but Jesus wasn't like that he had the power not only to deliver and heal but he had the power to forgive and he he demonstrated when he said not only do I forgive you but get up and walk the same power that speaks over your lame body is the same power that speaks over your lame soul and sinful condition the same Jesus that resurrects your physical body can resurrect your spiritual body the same Jesus that can break the bondage break the addiction off of your physical soulish self is the same Jesus that can heal and transform your inner man your spiritual condition you no longer have to be spiritually oppressed but you can be set free and delivered And then I love, I'll, I'll wrap this up and we're going to pray for folks. I love what it says. They were, verse 26, they were all amazed. <laughs> I love this. They were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear. We've seen strange things today. I feel like I've lived this. I feel like I've been in this environment before. I could, I could tell of services, uh, all sorts of times where I've been in the presence of the Lord and have thought, man, that was a strange day in the house of the Lord. <laughs> a couple weeks ago when we were in New Orleans, I don't know if you all have heard this story yet. Maybe if you were watching online, you, you'll, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about, but couple weeks ago we were in New Orleans and uh, we were in the middle of I think Heather may have even mentioned this last I don't know I you know you tell stories so much you just don't know who's who knows what but uh, but we were in service and the the Lord was moving it was quite powerful Um, I forget which night it was but um, it was one of those nights it was the night I think the Lord entirely changed my message I was planning on preaching on one thing and um, I wrestled through it during worship, and then I got up to the pulpit, and I thought, now this, we're going totally different direction. The Holy Spirit's just in the moment, totally different message. I ended up preaching uh, about the cloud of witnesses on faith, the cloud of witnesses of faith. And, and uh, it, it was one of those, it was the presence of the Lord was just heavy in the room, and obviously God was moving, and... Uh, at one point, I had no idea where I was going next. I had no idea what was happening. I had just an odd, you know, one of those moments, and the Lord was just like, I don't, I've done everything that I know to do and what the Lord's told me I needed to do, so I'm just going to stand here until, until he tells me to do something different or un, until I need, I'm, you know, fall out or something. You know, I'm, I'm good. The Lord, people were, obviously, you know, the crowd 
the Lord was moving. There was quite, quite the verbal expression of the Lord moving in the room. And I turned and I looked at, the, at Kalani. We, some of you know uh, Kalani, and then we sing some of her songs. She was leading worship. And I turned and I, I looked at her, and she's like, I don't know what to do. And she turned and she looked at the worship leader from Victory, and the worship leader of Victory said, I don't know what to do. And they both looked back at me like, I don't, we don't know what to do. So we're just waiting in the presence of the Lord. And I thought, so I, under my breath, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, well, we're just going to, and I'm literally just standing there kind of doing one of these things. Lord, what are you going to do? It's all, this is your service anyway. And this person in the third row on the left starts singing out, rivers coming down, what was it, rivers coming down, 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 rivers, Start couldn't sing worth a lick, but starts singing out. And the more he's saying, the more that the joy of the Lord just filled the room. And it was just, okay, there's rivers coming down. So I just waited, waited. I had someone, one of the ushers or pastoral team, whatever, on the front row was like, you need me to shut him up? I was mouthing, you need me to shut him up? I'm like, no, no, we're good. Let the, you know, God's obviously doing something. We just let it, you know. It was a strange thing in the house of the Lord. The whole point of that, it was a strange thing in the house of the Lord. But, but the Lord knew, down, 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 rivers are flowing down. And uh, what was awesome about that is the girlfriend or fiancé or whoever that came with him came in with suicidal thoughts, and she got delivered that night. <laughs> Set free. So not only was it powerful, and obviously the Lord was doing something there, but I could have sat back and judged that. I could have sat, I could have. And I, and I had people that were ready to stop it. There was people in the, there were ushers and people ready to stop it. We could have just shut it down, said, nope, we're done, stop it. And I could have sat there in judgment and just said, nope. I've, there have been times I've been in services, I've seen things, and I thought, Lord, that is the goofiest thing. I don't know why they're responding that way to your presence. I don't understand why they're... And, and, you know, pastoring requires a lot of discernment, especially in a really Pentecostal church. Because you got to know, right? you got to know, is this the Lord or, or is this the flesh? And we need to stop it. And there's a lot of times where I think in my own self, I'll look at something and say, that's a strange duck right there. <laughs> that's a strange duck. But the Lord will say, let it go. I'm doing something. And then I'll hear of what the Lord was doing in the moment a later time. I'm sure to the people who were in that room, that was a strange happening. They hadn't seen anybody. We talk about the story now because it's in the Bible. All right? We talk about the story now. Look at those men who tore off the roof of the person's house. and let. But if that were modern day, we'd be calling the police for damage, property damage. <laughs> crazy our security team would be like going crazy like who is it get on the roof who how do we get up on the roof let's get the you know like like we would if this was modern day right we would have a totally different response but they were desperate to get their friends to Jesus sometimes it looks strange sometimes it's out of sorts but the Lord saw their faith and he responded. Not only did the man get forgiven, he got healed and set free. I'm going to ask everyone if you'll stand with me this morning.
as I was, as I began this message, as I began this message, the Lord just so strongly impressed upon me. Actually, can we, I, I know I'm going to do something different. Can we do essence? Um, so I'm, I don't, I'm, I just really feel impressed to just press pause. Sorry. Strange things in the house of the Lord. Okay. So we're going to, y'all get, just get essence up there ready. And then, um, if you don't know Essence, you know, Becky Cruz, who we've had in, she has a great album, Essence. It's all instrumental. It's great. You should download it and get it. But anyway, it's great soaking music. But anyway, um, I was really impressed as I started the, out the message this morning that there are those here today that you feel like this man, not the four men carrying, but the man who is lame. That nobody understands, nobody sees, no one understands what you're going through, what you're experiencing, what you're facing. And you just need someone to come alongside of you who has faith. Not just your faith, but there's an impact because in your life, because someone else around you has faith. You might be here this morning and you feel like your faith tank is on empty. You feel like your faith, just like that, do-do-do, your faith <laughs> tank is on empty. Drained. You're saying, if someone can just come into agreement with me, someone can just lift me up this morning, if someone can just get a hold of the corners of my bed and just carry me to the feet of Jesus, that's about as much faith as I got, is if, if I can just, I know if I can get to Jesus, I'll be healed, but I just need somebody who will come alongside of me and walk with me to get to his feet. If you're here this morning, and this isn't a judgment, this is in no way a judgment, this is an absolutely safe environment for you. There's no, I can tell you, there's no religious people who are going to be making judgments in their heart here at Celebration this morning. And if they are, the Lord will deal with them. Just like he did in this situation, He'll, he always does. It's not about them right now. It's actually not about anyone else but you. And I really strongly in my heart of hearts feel this morning there are people in this room who are going through things that actually probably no one even knows. You're facing challenges and things in your own life that perhaps no one in this room even knows about. But you're here this morning, you just say, Pastor, that's me. I just, I need someone who will just come into agreement with me and help me get to the feet of Jesus this morning. I know he'll take care of it. I know I'll be healed. But sometimes we just need someone to come into agreement with us. Sometimes we just need someone who, who sees. Maybe they don't understand. Maybe they don't have an answer, solution, or have to figure it out. Just, I just need someone who will just agree with me.
that's you this morning, right where you're at, if you just lift your hand, I'm not going to even ask you to come down to the altar. Just lift your hand right where you're at. It, just take note. So I know some hands are going way up and others are kind of like down here. Just take note of who's around you. Anyone else? There's others. You're just going through a season of just a season where you're like, I just need someone who can agree with me. Anyone else? Take note of who's around you. Because we're going we're gonna to all engage in just a moment. Anyone else? Just you don't, you don't have to be spiritual this morning. I'm just waiting. You don't have to be spiritual. You don't have to be spiritual. You don't have to be the strong man or woman that you think you have to be. Just lift your hand. Anyone else? Because we're going we're gonna to do this together. Okay. There's been a number of hands that have gone up. Have you taken note of someone around you? Again, one more time. If that was you, just put your hand up again. Just one more time. But you had your hand up. Okay, there's some over here, over here, over here, there, 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 there. There's multiple. 